Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. you have a conversation with someone and it's a new someone and there's something within the conversation that clicks or resonates with you. Well, listening to Unique Wright's story, before actually doing this interview, there was something about her that clicked for me. Originally from Portland, she decided to attend college at Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she received her bachelor's in business. After completing her bachelor's, she then attended the Empire Beauty College in Concord. You guys, this is focus, determination right here. I mean, before she even decided to go to a four-year college, her plan all along was to be a salon owner. After several years of hard work, saving money, and determination, she finally has her own successful salon, Unique Touch Salon off of Northeast 13th in Alberta in Portland, Oregon. Please enjoy my interview with Unique Wright, owner of Unique Touch Salon, interview on Sunday, October 11th of 2020. Okay, everybody, I am with Unique Wright, owner of Unique Touch Salon. Her, her salon is located in Northeast Portland off of Northeast 13th in Alberta. Hi, Unique. Good morning. Good morning. So we were just, you guys, we were just talking like a few minutes ago, asking if she was nervous. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's really not that bad. Actually, I had Jess from PDX Black Unicorn. I think I've said this before, where I asked her if she felt pretty nervous af afterwards. And she's like, honestly, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So <laughs> now we talked, uh, we actually talked a few months, probably like four months ago. I, I think it was maybe in June or so. And yes. um, I found your contact information from Mandana of Ziba Hub, but you don't know her personally, right? Uh, yeah, personally, no. Okay. I didn't uh, know she came by this little Oh, you're kind of cutting out, Unique. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, she did go okay, visit. Uh, I don't know when, she, when. I actually just cut her hair yesterday, but she said that she did go visit your salon. Mm -hmm. Yep, she did. That's so cool. I know. I hadn't, um, I didn't have time this week, uh, but I definitely want to, or last week, but I definitely want to visit you. So I'll just stop in really quick and just say, Hi, <laughs> Emily, I'm the one that recorded you. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I look forward to that. Oh, yeah. She said it was a beautiful space. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. So before we go into talking about your salon, uh, I thought it was really cool that you're from Portland. But then when I asked you where you went to school, you said that you went to North Carolina. So before we talk in about North Carolina, what part of Portland are you from? Um, I'm from Northeast Portland. Okay. So do you still um, have family around there? Oh, yes. My grandma, yep. She still lives over in Northeast Portland. That's like the family house. 
um, where we kind of link up for the holidays um, and what have you. But my mom, she she lives in Southeast Portland, but oh, okay. I was raised in Northeast. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you, you went to North Carolina where you received a bachelor's in business at the Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte. How did you go there? Like, how'd you end up in North Carolina? Well, um, I, first of all, I knew that I wanted to leave to go to college right after high school. Like there mm-hmm. was no questions about that. And so I, um, I applied to numerous colleges. I, I got accepted to all except one, which is the one that I actually really wanted to go to. <laughs> um, but I ended up choosing North Carolina because I had family that lived in South Carolina. So I figured I would be a little close to relatives. And, and then also at that time, um, the school was giving out uh, free laptops to the students. Oh, wow. and I, I, I knew that, you know, at that time we were in a position to get a laptop. So I was like, well, this would come in handy. One less thing my mom wouldn't have to worry about. Oh, that's so she great. wouldn't have to say, you know, so. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now you, you went to get your bachelor's. Did you know you wanted to be a hairdresser though before that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, but you decided to go to get a four-year degree. Can you talk about that? I wanted to go to a HBCU. Um, a HBCU is a histor- historical black college and university. Um, so I wanted to, for one, get that experience. And so and I wanted to also go to school with people my age. So I could have went to hair school first right after high school, but I wanted to get the experience um, at a university first and get my degree. And then after that, go to hair school. Um, so it was just something that I, I wanted to do as my checkoff list. And you were talking about, you wanted to be a salon owner. Did you know you wanted to be a salon owner before you even started school? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I had it all, I had it all set up and written down prior to doing any of this. And once I realized I wanted to establish a business involving cosmetology, I figured I'll go get my business degree first. And then after that, you know, go to a cosmetology school to get my license. Oh, that's cool. What, uh, what year did you start college? Um, 2006. Okay. And then how long have you been doing hair? Oh man, I've been doing hair since I was six, six years old. Yeah, so were you doing hair while you were in college? Oh, absolutely. Yes, that's how I pay for my books and pay for uh, meals. Um, My grandma, she would always make a joke every time she called me. She's like, every time I call, you're you're in somebody's scalp. Are you are you ever in the books? Because I was always doing someone's hair. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Uh, Now, after you went to Johnson C. Smith University. You then went to Empire Beauty College in Concord, North Carolina. How yes. far between the school was that from the beauty school? And how did you find the beauty school? Um, the beauty school, you're right, it is in Concord. And it's maybe about 20 minutes away from Charlotte. Okay. Um, I initially wanted to go to Dudley uh, Beauty College, but at that time they weren't accepting financial aid and I had already exceeded my my limits with student loans with the university. So that wasn't an option because I I couldn't afford to pay out of pocket. Um, So I I was looking into other schools and I found Empire, which actually worked out because it was a little bit more diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, Dudley is is known to be all, um, you know, African-American black school and they have like black products and stuff. but I ended up going to Empire, which worked out because 
like I said, it's, it's more diverse. So I, mm-hmm. I've got to deal, deal with different textured hair. And what I thought was really interesting is, and I asked you this question twice, is in beauty school, were, did, were you given various mani- mannequin heads as in the different textures of the hair? And what I found what was interesting is that you said yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we definitely dealt with all different textures of hair. Um, and at that time, relaxers were still pretty big. Um, and, you know, relaxer is a mm-hmm. chemical that chemically straightens the hair. Yeah. And so when I received my mannequin with big curly poofy hair, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Are we putting a relaxer yeah. in? And then my, my instructor was like, no, we're going to learn how to blow it out. You were going to learn how to work oh, on our natural okay. hair. So that's how I became very um, interested in, in natural hair and natural hair hair care versus using chemicals to straighten out our nat- natural curly texture. Did you, and you said, when did you graduate beauty school? Uh, I graduated beauty school in 2000, um, 2011 or 2012. Okay. Cause I remember when I was even in beauty school, which I, I feel like is absolutely ridiculous. We were never given mannequins that had texture hair or curly hair. All of our mannequins were straight hair because it was up in the Portland area where it's like the majority of the community is Caucasian. Um, But even in beauty school, I graduated in 2006. Straightening was a thing for everyone. And it was like the stick straight, no ways, no Absolutely. Oh my God. I would straighten, uh, when I was out of beauty school, when I worked at Bishop's, I had a client who had this beautiful curl and she did not like it and she wanted it straightened. And it's just, I'm, I'm so happy that now it's more about natural hair and natural. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, so how many mannequins did you receive at the beauty school? Oh, wow. I think we received maybe six mannequins. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. and I even had a, a male mannequin where he had actually hair in his ears and on his eyebrows, oh, and had to okay. learn how to shape that up as well. <laughs> um, now, only not only learning relaxing, did you also know how to work with curly hair to leave it natural? Um, at that time, I want to say no, because everyone was still getting relaxers. Yeah, um, even out there in North Carolina, like relaxers was still really big. Um, I had a a handful of clients who um, they were still natural. So I got to practice on them with blowing out their natural hair Mm -hmm. and straightening it. Okay. Um, But relaxers were pretty still popular back then. Yeah. Are you doing like it's that long? Are you doing relaxers now? I have a handful of clients that still get relaxers. Um, Okay. And of course, I'm trying to wing them off. I'm trying to help them transition. Yeah. But um, I would say a good 98% of my clientele are all natural. And then the other percentage I'm trying to convince them to transition and go natural. What's one of the reasons why they don't, it's hard for them to, with the transition? Um, I've noticed a lot of them that would say that it's easier to work with. Okay. Um, they work out so mm-hmm. with their hair reverting back to its natural state they don't even want to see a curl pattern mm-hmm. they just want it to stay straight because it's easier to manage which I can understand that too yeah um, but they just think it's easier maintenance natural hair could be a lot of work mm-hmm. okay and you were in so how many years were you in North Carolina and you decided well you did you always know that you wanted to come back to Portland um no, that was not the plan to come okay. back to Portland. 
but part of it was to help out your siblings, right? Absolutely. Yes. How long, when did you move back to Portland? I moved back to Portland in 2000 and, uh, either 2012 or 2013. Um, and right when I came back, I worked at the beauty supply, the living mm-hmm. color beauty supply store. Yeah. I worked there part-time. And then I also worked at the J Rose salon as a part-time stylist, just until I was able to build up my clientele. And a uh, majority of my clients actually came from working at um, Living Color, simply because um, I was pretty much my own walk-in advertisement. Yeah. And I was handing out my business cards and stuff like that. Um, well, oh, and then how did you find the salon? I actually was going into Sally's one day and um, one of the stylists that worked at J Rose at the time, she was working at Sally's. Okay. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. Who does your hair? And I said, oh, I, you know, I do my own hair. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, what salon do you work at? And I said, I, I just came back from North Carolina. I'm still in the process of looking for a salon. And so she had highly recommended the salon she was working at, which was J Rose. And so um, I looked into it and I wanted to make sure that it was something that I was actually going to be interested in working at mm-hmm. um checking out their website and what have you and I was like I, well, I could rock with this and then went from there what were you looking for for the salon I wanted to be in a salon that was a little bit more um, upscale mm-hmm. um I didn't want to work in a in a location where it was just kind of it looked like a hole in the wall yeah <laughs> um and then when I went in for the interview actually noticed that uh, a a veteran stylist who's been doing hair for probably 30 plus years she actually worked there and I've had all like admired her since I was a little girl and so when I seen that she was working I was like oh I have to work with her because in my head I was like I could just learn some you know some Mm -hmm. new tricks or old tricks from her Um, was the salon kind of diverse with clients um, not really. At the at that time, it wasn't. I believe it was all black um, hairstylists. Okay. And then I was trying to think back, like the other question that I wanted to ask you. You told me that you came over, you came back to Portland to also help out your siblings, and you said they were sophomores in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Are they twins? No, they're okay. not twins. Actually, that's a good question. They're actually eleven months apart, and it's so funny because oh my gosh, um, I know, I know. Growing up, my mom always wanted to dress them alike as oh. if they were twins. So everyone's like, "Are they twins?" You're like, "No." <laughs> oh my god, me and my brother are eighteen months apart. So I went like, I can't imagine that with my mom. But that's so funny because yeah, you told me they were sophomores. I was like, wait a minute, twins. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that's so funny. How long now? How long were you look uh, working at in Living Color and J, it's J Rose, right? Yes, J Rose. Okay. Um, I was at the Living Color beauty supply store for about uh, maybe two or three years, maybe maybe two mm-hmm. years, two and a half years. And you said, and I really liked it. It was when we were doing the phone call, when you said that you were working at In Living Color, you would dress as if you're going to go to corporate, like working at a corporate job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just your professionalism about how you held yourself attracted clients to come and see you. And then not only that, and I thought that this was interesting, is 
when you would tell people that you went to beauty school in North Carolina. Now, can you say, can you talk more about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first I want to um, say that it was a very humbling experience to work at the beauty supply store uh-huh. simply because when I came from North Carolina, all of my friends knew that I went to North Carolina to go to college and to get my degree and all that. So when I came back and started working at the beauty supply store, um, some of my fellow peers from high school would see me in there. They're like, didn't you leave to go to college? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, did you graduate? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, so you're just back working at the beauty supply mm-hmm. store, kind of throwing shade a little bit. But at that time, I still, I didn't look at it as I was like, I didn't look at it as if I wasn't um, still accomplishing goals. I looked mm-hmm. at it as like a stepping stone because I was there learning the industry. I was also building my clientele and I was, um, I was learning a lot at the beauty supply mm-hmm. store. And so I would go in ready to work, um, very knowledgeable about the products, about the hair. And I would dress with, um, not necessarily wearing heels, but I would have on like a, a pantsuit mm-hmm. um, outfit or like, you know, slacks, um, a nice blouse, button up or a sweater. Um, and so I looked very approachable and people felt comfortable talking to me. And I was very knowledgeable about the products and the hair. And I took my time and I was very patient with them. I oh, noticed really that cool. um, in the past, a lot of people would say that um, the be- when they go into the beauty supply store, they feel like they're rushed or they feel like they're mm-hmm. being watched. And so when they would come in, I would always make them feel welcomed and, as far as acknowledging everyone that comes into the store, um, asking them, you know, what are they looking for? And then explaining in detail what the product will do for their hair or if they're looking for hair extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would ask, like, are you using this to make a ponytail? Are you using this to do a glue-in or sew-in? Like, what exactly is your hair goal with the extensions? Oh, that's And cool. so people, yeah, they really appreciated me and my patience. Mm-hmm. Even if they had a, a thousand questions, I would still just be patient with them. And, you know, you're not the first person that told me about this, about how some of some people would go into the in living, not in living color, but the supply houses and not just being uh, not just being rushed, but being watched. Mm -hmm. That's not the first time that I heard that. Yeah, it's crazy. So very. Yeah, that's just really interesting. Uh, How many clients do you have? Do you still have some clients from in living color? I do actually still have clients that I met when I was working yeah. at um, Living Color. I do actually. That's funny. That's really cool. <laughs> so they see me pretty much blossom from oh, that's being neat. a part-time. I know, right? Being a part-time yeah. stylist to a full-time stylist to branching off, doing my own thing. So it's, and they, they all have been my cheerleaders. So that's Aww. encouraging. <laughs> now tell me the steps. Cause did you just open your salon after J Rose? Um, yes. Okay, so you were at J Rose. Were you only at J Rose for a couple of years or no? I was at J Rose for about six years. Okay. Or five and a half, six years. And then after that, I actually ended up uh, branching off and doing my own thing and working at the Sola Salon downtown oh, in the okay. Pro District. And I was there for about two years. Then after my two-year contract was going to be um, up, I decided to take a leap of faith and go That's ahead awesome. and do it. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. Yeah, my, well, 77 is just a block away from the solo salon. Oh, yes. I, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's where I currently work at. So I have a small okay. little studio in there. Um, now, for you to, like, envision your salon, did you slowly save up money for it? 
I did. I was always saving um, my money because um, I knew that I needed a little bit of mm-hmm. money to work with to you know start my own establishment. So I was saving money. I did take out a small business loan, um, and and yeah, that was it. I had a, a, a vision board. I did a vision oh, board cool. of what I wanted. Um, I was actually on Pinterest looking at different ideas and trying to figure out exactly the look that I wanted for the unique mm-hmm. salon. And um, I actually ended up hiring an um, interior designer to help me put my look, um, to pretty much help me put my look all together because I had multiple pictures that mm-hmm. I was working with. And I was like, can we take all of these pictures and combine it into like That's one? Cool. <laughs> and she was like, absolutely. So, and then we went from there. Did you have to find a broker to help you find a space? I did have a, um, yes, I did. Yes. So, yeah, because I kind of heard, I was talking to a broker earlier, but then I've also been looking at places of my own through Craigslist. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that having a broker is pretty beneficial? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, I was explaining to her exactly what I wanted, what location I wanted to be in, Um and my price range. Mm-hmm. And so I was so busy working that I didn't really have a lot of time to be on Craigslist and all that, doing yeah. all that extra stuff. And so she would find stuff and she'll email it to me. So at the end of the day, I would check my emails and she'll have mm-hmm. like a whole listing of different stuff. But honestly, the salon that I'm at now, um, that wasn't one of the listings. That was actually something that I found. And at the time it was for sale. And um, I was, I think I was at, bamboo sushi which is across the street from Solana I actually just saw a for sale sign and so um I was like oh that looks like a nice spot and I went in or I was looking through the window and I was like oh this is already set up like a salon how cute it was like a boutique salon yeah I I honestly I think I've seen that because I was talking to a broker and I think she had sent me that listing now when you were talking with your broker and even before that having your vision board you say that you have a four chair salon right now. Is that what you were envisioning? Is this kind of a smaller salon? I definitely wanted a smaller salon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have maybe six, but honestly it worked out, especially with COVID and all that oh, yeah. craziness that's going on. <laughs> yeah. And you opened, when did you open your salon? I opened up the salon um, in February of this year. Okay. And then I actually had to close in March. So God. I know. Did I know. you did you end up buying the place or are you leasing it? I am leasing it. Yeah. Oh man. Did now did they give you like forgiveness on that or did you still have to pay for your lease? I still had to pay for my lease. Were you able to get your the PPP loan? I received one PPP loan and that was just enough just to cover one month's rent. Just oh one my month. God. So the other month I had to come up with the money. Um, so that was very, very stressful. How did now in February, is that when your contract was up at Sola's salon? Uh, I think my contract was up in January, but they were willing to let me kind of, they knew I was making a transition. And Uh so they were, I just paid for one extra month or something like that. They kind of worked with me. So all you really needed to work on was just having it decorated right since there was already shampoo bowls or uh at least there was um plumbing for it oh yes there was plumbing for the shampoo bowls but the whole salon is remodeled I oh, did okay. new light fixtures we repainted 
Um, we put in new shampoo bowls, um, new furniture. Everything in there is brand new. It doesn't look like the same salon at all. That's cool. How did you yeah. t- How did you talk to the owners and tell them like, hey, I don't want to buy this place, but I would like to lease it. Was that a conversation? That was a conversation actually. Um, but she, the lady who owned it prior, she was actually in the process of retiring. Oh, she okay. had the salon for about 10 years. And so she wanted to be completely done. She wanted to just sell it. But they were selling it for a ridiculous price that I wasn't yeah, in a position to afford. I saw like that. $800,000, yeah. something like yeah. that. And um, and so I wanted to, I, I told my realtor that I wanted to actually lease it. And so we've been going back and forth, uh, negotiating, trying to figure out, you know, what can work for the, bus, the both of us. And so she found, actually, she had someone who was actually going to purchase it. And so I actually had to pray about this situation. I'm like, God, if this is for me, please just work it out and let it mm-hmm. happen. Let it be done. And for some odd reason, whoever was going to purchase it at that time, the lease, the, it didn't fall through. Oh, wow. So that's when she actually considered letting me lease it out. Um, and so that's what happened. And then you, start, you started getting in there in February to remodel it. Mm-hmm. And when did you complete it? Um like the end so I moved in the beginning of February completed it or got the keys beginning of February um I was done remodeling like the beginning of I want to say like the end of February beginning of March kind of situation because I had my grand opening the beginning of March yeah and you Um, weren't you weren't taking clients before then right I was actually okay yeah that Mm -hmm. I just had like a handful yeah pretty busy (laughs) I am busy I am (laughs) um now with and you probably have some help right like do family did family help you like with remodeling or decorating or did you just do this on your own uh my boyfriend was very helpful he helped me he actually found the interior designer um and the interior designer had like a whole company where she had like contractors and stuff so I just Mm -hmm. um worked with both of them the contractor and the interior designer and so um, as I was working downtown at the solar salon they were working at the spot at the new oh, salon okay. right there on 13th and so I would go in and just check and see you know how things are going and then um I was putting up like put the chairs together and the shampoo mm-hmm. bowls chairs together and stuff like that um but yeah it took about a month month and a half to get everything pretty much up and ready did you have a stylist at that time or was it just you I did have a stylist when I first opened up, um, but she ended up leaving uh, right before we got shut down for COVID. Uh, How did you feel about that, the beginning of it? You know what? I was very, um, I was, I was hurt Mm. because she, she was a young lady and she was very, very talented. And and I know that she, um, you know, had some very, um, she pretty much came from a troubled background, but mm-hmm. I wanted to be like a, a big sister to her, like a mm-hmm. mentor. Yeah. And so I didn't want to look at nothing that other people were telling me. And, you know, I didn't want to think, I didn't want to put her in that category. I was like, you know, I think I can work with her. Mm-hmm. And so being that I, um, you know, I'd let my guard down and brought her in. Um, and then when that happened, I was just like, wow, it's like when you try to help somebody out yeah. or, you know, be willing to help someone, it's like they kind of flip the script on you. So I was hurt, but it worked out because um, I actually, I think that I needed to, I didn't have to remove her. God removed her. 
and mm-hmm. he needed to do that for me to get these two beautiful souls mm-hmm. that I have now. So it, it worked out. And how did you feel about the shutdown? Obviously, you were nervous. So yes. Okay, so what was going on with your feelings with the shutdown, and what were you concerned about? I mean, obviously, I I, I can kind of guess some of the reasons what what you'd be concerned with, but how did you feel? Oh man, um, I went when I tell you I went through every emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was more so nervous. Um, I truly believe that God opened, He orchestrated this opportunity for mm-hmm. me to have this faith, and so I wanted to keep the faith, but at the same time, I'm like. I can't just not do anything. Like mm-hmm. I have to apply for grants. I have to apply for loans. I have to reach out and figure out how I can get help to keep the business up and running. Um, and so, and honestly, God provided. He He was able to help me get the money to pay for the rent. Because not only did oh, I have to pay great. for the loan, I actually had to pay for my own personal bills, my own rent. Yeah. You know, so, um, but at that time, financially, it was a struggle, but it, it gave me some time to reset. Mm-hmm. And to really focus on me and to really put things in perspective because prior to the pandemic, I worked like a dog and I never yeah. made me a priority. I never took time to drink water, take yeah. a lunch, even though this is the basic, I wasn't doing the basic. And so during the whole quarantine, I actually was very depressed. I, my, I put myself in a sunken place. Mm-hmm. And I think I did that because for so long I had identified myself as a hairstylist, oh, yeah. Yeah. not a human not unique, just a hairstylist. So I, um, being that I wasn't able to service my clients, mm-hmm. I felt like I had no purpose oh, and I didn't like that. I yeah. didn't like that feeling at all. So I had to really, um, start, I had to reset basically. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I pretty much started focusing on me. I was like, how can I become the best version of me physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally? And that's what I did. I didn't even focus on the salon, honestly. It mm-hmm. got to the point where when my clients would text me or call me like, hey, when are you going to open? I would get frustrated because I was so focused on me. Yeah. That the salon is like, I, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't in a position to make house calls. So I'm just like, I'll let everybody know when the salon opens, but please stop calling and texting mm-hmm. me asking because I, there's nothing I can do. And so I pretty much had to put the salon on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what God actually wanted me to do, honestly. What I think was, that's what he wanted me to do. What was the self-care that you discovered during COVID? I started working out. I changed pretty much my whole lifestyle. I, nice. I started eating differently. I was drinking more water. And I know this may sound like the basic, but I was not doing the basic. I was mm-hmm. literally running myself down to the grave. Yeah. Um, and so I uh, started just putting a little bit more energy and love and, and care and patience into myself. Mm-hmm. And um, started reading more. Um, and now it's to the point where I don't even want to be the person that I was prior to the band- right. pandemic. It's like, I love myself more. So if I need to take a break, I'll take a break. If I need to step away from my clients, mm-hmm. I can take my mask off to drink my water. I'm yeah. going to do that. Um, I have noticed that I actually been working. Like, I start really early, but I still get off kind of late. So I am kind of going back to my old habits. But I do make sure that I still at least eat something. But Prior to this, I, I would go all day without eating. Yeah. Well, I, when, I, okay. when I messaged you saying that I wanted to come and see, you told me the times, the days and times you were there. And it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I so it's like, well, she's just going to be there. <laughs> I'll pop Literally. in and say hi. Yeah. Literally. I know. I, 
I think that that's really important. And it's also important for the listeners because I know a lot of hairdressers are starting to listen to this podcast. But when I was, yeah, so when I graduated, I graduated beauty school in 2006. And I was married at the time in 2008, the economy crashed. I was going through a divorce, everything like that. And emotionally, I could not help my clients. I couldn't. So I had to step away from hair. And the hardest part is like, that's who I identified with. Everybody knew I was a hairstylist. Oh yeah, Emily, she does great colors. She does all this stuff. And that took me a long time to just be okay with me. So I completely understand with the whole COVID going through that. Yeah. It's it's awful because I think so many people do identify with just themselves as what they do for work and mm-hmm. how they service others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, wow. So now when you're back, uh, you're back working, you started, did you start working in June? Um, yes, I think that's when they, yep, I think it was June. So you started working in June and, and your clients, did they even see your, they saw some, your salon, your new space, right? At least some of them, right? Yes. I had a, a huge grand opening on March 1st. Okay. That's really cool. I think it was March 1st or March 10th. I know it was like the beginning of March. So a few of my clients actually did get to see the salon before I shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I serviced some of them also before the, before the shutdown as well. Okay. How did, I'm sure they love the space, right? Oh, they love it. They're so happy. They're, they love it. They love it, love, love it. They love the location. They love the whole ambiance of the salon. They love the energy of the salon. Oh, that's great. Um, they're just so, yeah, they're they're really supportive and so proud of me. Can you describe the salon for me? Um, I would describe the salon as a, a I would say upscale modern salon. Uh-huh. It's very um, client slash stylist friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I make sure that I greet everyone that comes to the door, yeah. whether it's my client or not. And the other stylists, they do the same thing. And so I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want them to feel safe. And I want them to know that uh, we appreciate their their business, for one. And for two, I know that as women, we have so much going on. We have so much to do. We're, oh, we're yeah. either trying to be domesticated, you know, if they're married or being a mom or mm-hmm. working with corporate or whatever. So I want whatever they have going on whether it's their job or personal, I want, when they come into the unique touch salon, I want them to feel at peace and leave all Mm -hmm. of that, whatever they have going on, leave it outside the door. Mm -hmm. They come in, they get their hair done. They get uh, filled with positive energy, love. And so by the time we finish them and they walk out of that door, they feel like they can execute Mm. whatever they need to do, you know? And so that's what I wanted for the unique touch salon. I want it to be like a, a relaxing experience. Um, and to also just be feel uplifted, you mm-hmm. know, when they come in. When you look good, you feel good for one. Oh, totally. And um, and I try to do a good job of making sure I, I stay positive, even if the situation sounds like it's just out of control. I always try to find the positive and try mm-hmm. to make sure that you know my clients feel like you know we understand because you mm-hmm. know as stylists we are human diaries. Oh yeah. And so. I never try to have toxic conversations. I always try mm-hmm. to keep them uplifted and encouraged. And now, the other stylists do that as well. How did you find your other stylists? Um, they actually found me. And, um, you know, at, after I had another lady leave, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, man, I really have to find some new stylists. And I have to find someone who is going to match the unique touch 
still on, mm-hmm. like the whole, um, the energy and everything like that. And so, um, Sydney, she works at the salon. She actually used to work at the J. Rose salon. Oh, but okay. as I was leaving the, that salon, she was entering into the salon. So mm. I think she actually ended up taking my old space. And so she was there for about a year. And then she worked at another salon. Um, and then she contacted me and, and we touched bases and we wanted to pretty much do business together. So I'm That's like, great. absolutely, come on board. And so she came over. Um, and then Lexi, I actually met Lexi at, um, I think, a hair show in Seattle or something. Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, and this was years ago. And so she was actually in a process of transitioning and wanted to be in a bigger location. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to be in um, a salon that actually had a shampoo bowl because she also does a lot of natural hair. Mm-hmm. And so her clients would come in um, already shampooed and ready to go, but she wanted to get back into like doing full services mm-hmm. with the shampoo or color and, and cuts and stuff like that. So um, she contacted me and we were talking for like a good hour and I was like, it, we just clicked. It, it's oh, just so great. crazy how that worked like that. I know. I, I love both of them. I'm so thankful uh, that they're at the salon with me. Yeah. And then the crazy thing is when I messaged you, so Lexi had worked um, styling hair for a photo shoot that she wanted to do with my my friend Holly Sieber, who's a photographer who did all of my work of my okay. photo shoots of my creative cuts and colors. So it's so funny because Lexi, I, I can't remember she contacted me and really liked my photos, but I think I got them connected and that was years ago. So I don't personally know Lexi, but that's just so funny when you told me about her and then I saw the picture of her on your Instagram and I'm like, wait a minute, I know who that is. <laughs> So the hair Portland is so small. Yeah, Portland <laughs> is very small. Um, so now you have you have two girls. So you have Lexi and then the other girl that was originally from J Rose. They're uh-huh. they're part time stylists, right? Yes. And you are a lease salon, so you're looking for two more people. Yes, I'm looking for two more full time stylists. Okay. Uh, yes. And now, what's the criteria for that for people wanting to work for your salon? Um, well, I'm looking for um, highly motivated stylists who are willing to grow and to learn. You know, the hair industry is always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking for two very motivated stylists, um, of course, that want to be full time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, they just have to have their license and show their work. Um, and then they can contact me directly, you know, if they're interested. Um, but I, I usually like to do an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, fill them out to see if we're a good match um, and then to also look at their work um, and then pretty much go from there are you looking for um, do you want your salon to be pretty diverse or do you have like an envision of the type of clients that come into the salon I wouldn't mind it being diverse I'm yeah. definitely open to that I yeah I'm definitely open to that at first in the beginning I'm like black owned salon black stylist black mm-hmm. this and the third <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely open to, uh, you know, having it a little bit more diverse. Definitely. Oh, really I mean, cool. I'm in Portland, Oregon. We, it's, we're all about diversity, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I've really been enjoying this podcast is because, you know, I'm over in Beaverton. That's where I live. And then I do go to the, I mean, I love working in Portland. I love working in the Pearl district, but it has been nice to branch out to talk to more women in the black community 
you know, and where it's like, if I didn't do this podcast, it would take me even longer to connect with people. So this is what I'm, I'm really liking so that I get to meet so many different people. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Now, do you have, so what are some encouraging words for stylists just starting out or um, people going to the beauty school? And what are some things that you have learned on your road to being a salon owner? Um, well, I would, first of all, I would recommend that this is something that they love to do, pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma, she always told me that the definition of being successful is doing something you love to do. Mm-hmm. So if this is something you're absolutely passionate about, something to the point where if you don't even get paid for doing it and you're still happy mm-hmm. because you provided the service, you're still on cloud nine, then go ahead and pursue it. Oh, that's um, great. Doing hair is definitely a lifestyle. It's not a walk in the park. And I feel like sometimes people get into this industry because they feel like, oh, I could just do hair. Like all I have mm-hmm. to do is just, they look at it as they're just playing with their baby dolls kind of situation. And they mm-hmm. think it's just an easy, um, a easy experience, but it's not. You really have to be business savvy. Mm-hmm. You have to um, know how to uh, balance your schedule. And you also have to know how to, um, be professional, mm-hmm. be professional, period. Um, and so if this, like I said, if this is something that you are wanting to do and you feel like this is a, a passion of yours, like this is a God-given talent, mm-hmm. then pursue it. Pursue really it. Cool. Absolutely. And then what about for being a salon owner? Um, I'm sorry, what was the question about that? Oh, I know. I do, I do this. I ask like at least three questions with the st- um, with my guests. So as a saloner, a salon owner, what advice do you have for somebody pursuing that? Um, I would recommend that they actually um, take their time and to, first of all, figure out what their long-term goal is mm-hmm. first. Figure out what your long-term goal is. And whatever your long-term goal is, break that down into short-term goals. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, me, for example, I knew that I wanted to establish a business involved mm-hmm. in cosmetology. So I went to business school first and then went to cosmetology school, mm-hmm. worked in the industry, and then branched off and did my thing. So you have to know where you want to be at in this industry. And if you, for instance, you want to have clients where you just work on color, figure out, like, what do you want to be, like, a, um, a stylist who is a traveling stylist? Do you want to be um, someone who is doing shows, conducting shows? Like, whatever you want to do, break that down into small stepping stones and do your step, your small stepping mm. stones first. Because um, you cannot go in here first. If you go oh, in yeah. first, it, it would probably be a, a, an epic fail. Yeah. Did you do an apprenticeship program at all? Um, I did it. Okay. Uh, well, you probably that. had a lot of experience doing hair too, because that's what you were saying even before college. Yeah, I actually wanted to work under this lady named Kim Kimball. She's a celebrity stylist, and I actually reached out to her, but she didn't get back in contact with me, but I know she's probably busy and and stuff like that. But no, I've, I've never worked under someone. I'm a visual person. Okay. And so when I worked at J.R. Rose, I was in, there was a lot of um, older stylists who's been doing mm-hmm. hair for 20, 30 plus years. So I was able to kind of just watch them from a distance 
um, and I asked a lot of questions, and I kind of went from there, honestly. But I just I've been doing hair for yeah. so long, yeah. Like, like I was doing, I was literally getting paid to do hair when I was ten years old. Mm, I really never cool. worked. Oh. I worked. I actually, I worked at um, living. No, I worked at um, what's that store called? Forever Twenty One when I was in high school. Oh, okay. I worked at Forever Twenty One. That was just because I really loved their clothing. Um, and then I also worked um, at like maybe Ross, like part okay. time. But I never really. I'm. I don't know nothing about clocking in and clocking out. Yeah. I've always done hair. That's all I know. And it's to the point now where if I wasn't doing hair, I wouldn't even know what I would be doing. Yeah. Is, that's crazy. But yeah, it's just something I just it's God given talent, basically. That's really cool. Now, where can people <laughs> find you if they're interested in getting hired from your salon? Or where can people just find you online? Oh yeah, they can contact me on um, Instagram um, at the it's um, at Unique Touch Salon. Okay. Um, or they can contact me on my personal Instagram, which is um, the at um, Hands Game Official, uh, and and they can also email me on there as well. Um, so I'm in the process of uh, getting the website fixed, so Instagram will probably be the best way to contact. Okay. Me. Okay. Great. So everybody, that was this is my interview with Unique Wright, owner of Unique Touch Salon, located off of Northeast 13th Avenue and Alberta. And like Unique was saying, if you're wanting to know more about her salon, you can visit at Unique Touch Salon on Instagram and just send her a message. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Thank you. Oh man, it's so great talking with you. <laughs> Thank you. Same to you. Um, all right, Unique. Well, then I will get this whole podcast set up and I will let you know when we're going to air it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thank you. So guys, that was my interview with Unique Wright at Hands Game Official, owner of Unique Touch Salon located off of Northeast 13th and Alberta. When we finished the interview, you know, most of my interviews, I always ask the guests how they liked it. Well, there was one thing she wanted me to clear up, and that's the part where she said, if you don't have a game plan and going into beauty school straight away, it's going to be an epic fail. She didn't mean it like that at all, but I kind of understood where she was coming from. You have to have a game plan. Beauty school is not easy. There's parts of it where it isn't fun. You're downright a deer in headlights when you first hold your shears to create that one cut or that one stroke of color on a living, breathing thing. And not only that, but you need to tell and talk with that living, breathing thing in your chair and put them at ease, make them feel comfortable, and make them feel heard so that they feel good when they leave the chair and they walk out the door with a great cut and color. It's tough. And I used to teach. I used to teach at Northwest Beauty College of Hair Design. And I would see students cry. I've seen students hang out in the lunch area or just disappear because they were afraid of doing a short pixie cut. And I've seen students who left beauty school without completing it. And I like the unique story because she was and is still focused. 
She cares about her craft, her clients, and I can tell she really cares about the stylist working alongside her. If you have that much passion and drive and you just start beauty school, you are going to be a fantastic hairdresser. If you want to reach out more to learn more about her salon, like I said before, and like she said, please visit her personal Instagram, Hands Game Official, and her salon's IG, at Unique Touch Salon. Well, guys, that's it for now. So be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your Hairpiece Session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Show written by me, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a beauty app where you can find jobs, search events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.